And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson. That's me. That's me. I met Doc Manson on the Twitters. And and you're 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 DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. That's true. You you sound very excited. Are you just are 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 you going to be the energy for the show today? I am not. I am not going to be the energy for the show. Then we but we are. Screwed. It sounded like we we're going to have some trouble. Yeah. So I figured I'd try to woo out of the gate right here. We're doing this, DC. This is a show. We're putting on a show for our listener. I, I I'm slightly worried we're limping to 400. Oh, we're definitely limping to 400. <laughs> the question is, do we limp beyond 400 or do we just let it go? Do we, we do we let old Bessie go out to pasture at this point? I feel like we have this conversation at least once every every milestone months. show that comes along at the least, you know. But at this point now, we have lost most of the besties. The bestie chat is. You know, there are tumbleweeds moving through that chat. Same with the Discord. Sounds scary is no longer, you know. So, like, it seems like the time to make changes, DC. That's what I'm saying. Well, what sort of... Ch- are, we, are we changing, or is the change the the lack The of change is putting you out of your misery. Let's just take a rifle, a shotgun. We'll go out behind the shed. Am I old yellow in this situation? <laughs> I might be. I mean... I think we're both Are you more comfortable different. shooting the gun or being shot? I'll leave that up to you. Oh, I'm most definitely the one getting shot. Okay. I'm right. the one who at the end is like, oh, no, no, let's keep going. We could hit 500. And you're like, nah. <laughs> I think we could hit 500. What are you munching on? It's a muffin scone thing. A scuffin? Uh, we've been calling them muffies, actually, but. It's really just like the top of a muffin, really. Yeah. It's kind of what it's like. But yeah. Homemade or do you purchase them? This is homemade. But it's from a mix. But it's a mix that is modified with additional stuff that doesn't come in the mix. So. Mrs. Manson should have a segment where she provides a recipe a week to the bestie. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have anything as fancy. I have here my little one cup or one serving of cinnamon toast crunch. I had cinnamon toast crunch not that long ago. By not that long ago, I mean in the last six months. Mm -hmm. I was not as impressed with cinnamon. Hands who? Bless you. Thank you. I was not as impressed with cinnamon toast crunch as my memory of cinnamon toast crunch. I feel like these are a little puffier and I don't feel like the concentration of cinnamon is there. I felt they were not as flavorful as I recall. I wonder, you know, and it advertises here, no high fructose corn syrup, no colors from artificial sources, no artificial flavors. So I'm assuming they had to change the cereal um, to, to, you know, potentially at least advertise as healthier. And this tastes to me more like a generic like organic cinnamon toast crunch. I'm not mad at it. Like I'll, I think I'll eat the whole container, but I think periodically there must be like some sort of laws in place whereby like a certain date cereal companies are trying to meet like a certain 
bar of, you know, less uh, added sugar or yeah. something. And I feel like that must have happened somewhere in the background mm. that affected the whole thing. Now, I don't remember as a kid ever reading <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> you all right over this there? This is what we're doing on the way to 400. We're just blowing our noses and sneezing in the microphones. Everybody who's out there listening to this show, you're welcome. This is raw audio, baby. We ain't um, editing this out. Are you are you sick? Are you this allergies? What is I think it's allergies. Yeah. Yeah. You, I could be getting sick though, because yeah. we're getting towards the end of the semester. And so as soon as my mind starts shutting down, mm-hmm. my body immediately there follows. So happens who knows? to me multiple times a year. I've got some my stomach has been off the last 48 hours or so. So Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's all right. I'm powering through for you, Doc Manson. I don't remember usually reading the ingredients, but I also don't remember them ever saying contains bioengineered food ingredients. Are you worried about that? No, I don't particularly care. Um, It then says also BHT added to preserve freshness. I don't know what BHT is. I assume it's some sort of preservative. Yeah, but. Butylated hydroxytoline? I don't know if that's right, because that sounds like it's. Well, food preservatives used to prevent oils from oxidizing. Banned. Globally, except in the United States. Wow. As known to cause cancer in rats. And is, quote, reasonably anticipated to be a human carcinogen. Well, okay. I'm- I actually, in all fairness, in all fairness, I find that, um, again, this is just me spouting nonsense because who am I? But I find that a lot of this happens because the European Union will pass laws banning something, despite the fact that the actual evidence of it being a reasonably anticipated human carcinogen is actually quite poor. Um, and rats and mice typically are not great model systems, um, for humans. Uh, we do use them as proxy because we need to model on something, but we would have cured cancer so many times if things that worked in mice actually panned out in humans. So like, I wouldn't be too concerned. I would enjoy your cinnamon toast crunch. I plan on a, uh, what was I saying? I plan on <laughs> enjoying. That's the word. We had no audio issues at all. You shut None. up. No, no, no audio issues. Uh, I plan on enjoying my cinnamon toast crunch. Doc, let, let's, let's move on here. How the heck are you? I am the hell great, which is to say not good at all. It's been a crappy week, but it what's, is what it what's is. going on. Ah, oh, work stuff. Let's just say that Uh-oh. an exam oh, no. was leaked. What? Indeed. And so that caused some last-minute adjustments. On okay, my- so how does that happen? Someone with access and who was trusted. Oh, no. But unfortunately, I do not have evidence with which to really definitively 
say anything or hold anyone responsible. So probably not worth going into so much here, any of the specifics. Sure. But, but um, somebody who had access to the exam shared it. Indeed. Now, I'd like to think that what happened was accidental, hopefully. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I I think there is a scenario where the people who were trusted actually did not necessarily do anything wrong other than leave a computer unattended. That's the that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Negligence and, rather and than And I think and I think there's a case that that may be what if what happened. And then but, would somebody else have had to see it yes yes somebody else maybe would have recognized them and noticed that they walked away and then made the best out of an opportunity was this in a place that has video cameras i know that's a weird thing to ask but unclear wow okay i'm also not sure how far i really want to pursue it so did you just change the exam? Do you? Yeah, I wrote a new exam last night. In one night? In one night. That must have been a fun night. It was fine. The students weren't happy about it, though, because I was transparent about it. And you so, you know, because I wanted to get ahead of rumors. So I was just like, hey, I'm aware there's a leak. Don't freak out. Yeah. Exam is still tomorrow. So today? Yeah. How did it go? Fine, fine. A lot of people upset about it because, you know, the fact that I rewrote an exam on short notice means that they feel like the resources that I gave them to study might not have been as accurate since things had to change and they're mad about that. And I don't care. I was going to say. I mean, there's always so much you can do. The other option is posting an exam that people have access to. It's compromised. Yeah. Right. So I think I did the best that I could. And. I understand that, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. And I don't think that their concerns are invalid. It's just I did the best that I could with the what I was able with the time and resources I had available to me. So, well, and again, in the way you structure things, this exam might not need to matter. Yeah, they never see it that way, though. They always view it as every point counts and I don't want to have to take it if I don't need to. And, you know, and I, hey. Hey, well, you know, if I was, you know, I don't know that I would be as vocal about it, but hey, times are different than when I was in school, you know. So, yeah, I don't think they're necessarily they're they're definitely not doing or saying anything wrong by venting frustrations to me, as long as that's as far as it goes as the venting. Um, and I don't think it's going any further than that. I th- the average was fine. They can be worried about what could have been. And, you know, that's fair to be worried about it. But at the end of the day, this is what it is. So it's time to move on, folks. Do they call you Dr. Manson? Do they call you by your, your birth name? How Do they call you professor? What's the... It depends on the person. But usually uh, they, they refer to me as Dr. Surname. But I don't go by my full surname, so it's more of a doctor man 
as opposed to a doctor. I have son. I have seen that in your um, in some of your ratings. They always have a nickname for you. Yeah, and that's usually what I tell them to call me. I, and I do that because my name is hard to spell, and for ease of communication. Six letters: M A N S O N. Get with it. Yeah, and for the sake of communication, I have set up a uh, alternative email. Uh, uh, what's that called? Alias. That is just Doctor the Man. shorter, easier thing to, so you can get in touch with me easier. So yeah, the amount know. the amount of things that you do that I would venture a guess most faculty do not do. True. I was uh, visiting my parents this weekend, and the champ asked how you were doing, and with, Aww, and all of that. I'm surprised he remembers my name. Oh goodness, no, he knows. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. And he, I didn't mean that as he. I didn't mean that as. I think he's too old to remember my name. It's just it's been a long time since I've seen. I knew what, what you I meant. Mean, I so. knew what you meant. I took it exactly. If they're listening to this show, I did not mean that to be insulting in any way. I know I'm trying to callous sometimes. No, and not careful with my words. It's not I what will, I meant. I will say that one of the things I did while I was there, in addition to turning on their location services so they can find each other, um, I showed them how to delete uh, apps off of their phone. So, as any middle-aged son should do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I said, I said, I think Doc Manson really enjoys teaching because there are certain things you have the the passion of that uh, early teacher. I won't say young teacher, but the early teacher who's yeah. so full of idealism. The system has not beaten you into the sort of apathetic stupor that I currently live in. Um, it's nice. Uh, it's nice to see. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think I, I exist in a quasi state of apathetic stupor, but, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry that the, the leak happened, however it happened. And I'm glad it was not a major issue. I'm glad you didn't find out after everybody took the test. Yeah, and I suppose it does raise potentially the issue. And again, I don't have any hard evidence. And even if my suspicion is this could have been a, a relatively innocuous event, I don't know that. And I also don't have any evidence that this has not happened before without my knowledge. So, but hey, you can't worry about everything, no. right? Is this going to be one of those things where you meet with a group of people and you say, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And, you know, you give them a chance to come clean and I didn't meet with them in person, but an email definitely went out last night with, with, with the words, I am disappointed in that. Yeah. Well, you are, you're scrambling to make an exam in one night. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. So, I have to reevaluate some things for next semester, how I do things, see who has access to certain things, and we'll go from there. There you go. Just like also all of you right now have, you know, I I tend to do this. I did this um, just this morning. I was out for a bit on Tuesday, and there was a sub in the room, and the sub didn't leave a note, which always irritates me. And so I said... You know, this is what I can glean from my 
plans and the few things I did see, what did I miss? You know, and I literally had kids raising their hand and ratting out each other. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so and so was hiding under the table. No, I wasn't. I was picking up garbage. You were there for 20 minutes. So, um, well, when's, table hider. When's the when? When's the final? Next week. One's on one. One section has it on Monday. One section has it on Saturday. Does that? Yeah. Offer issues. Absolutely. I will have to make variants. Now, how does the assignment of final exam times work? Wouldn't it? I'm assuming you have no choice in the matter. The exam. Correct. Because I would think that it would make more sense to do like a Friday, Saturday or both. If I had any choice, I would not be choosing to go to campus at 8 a.m. on a Saturday for a final exam. Oh, that's true, yeah. So I understand, I guess, why. Well, this can be the this us, can but. be the penance for whomever messed up the now you're going in my place. <laughs> you will be definitely my, not. You will be my proxy. Yeah. 8 a.m. on a Saturday, that's rough. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, it's almost over. Yeah, it is. Just gotta get through a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I have, I have a student who, uh, I don't want to get into it. Okay. Yeah, never mind. You have, I, I also have a student who. Yeah, I believe it. Don't we all? Yeah. I have. Don't we all? And, and this year, and again, I don't need to go into detail, but. This year, the issue is not the kids. The kids, by and large, are great. I am seeing the effect that COVID had on parents now that were three, four years out of it. And mm. there's there, there's a lot of them that just can't seem to get out of their own way. That is the uh, difficult part for me, is you know trying to deal with some of these parents who are all over the place. I didn't have to because I'm trying to do the math. So that's 2023. <laughs> These kids were probably preschool age ish when COVID yep. happened. I didn't have to have a preschooler during COVID. I imagine that was incredibly difficult. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit rough. It's it's a bit rough. I've got two weeks ish. I think I could 10, two, five, 11 days. I think I have left 11 days and it's going to be a long 11 days. So 11 days to what? Uh, my holiday break. We go until the 20. I have the 22nd off through new year's day. So, which is still a okay. nice amount of time, but it is not the six weeks that, that the university system gets. I wish it was. I, I, I do not see the point besides providing high quality babysitting. I do not see the point in sending children to school at all in December. I think you've hit the nail on the head, sir. Get to, yes, get to Thanksgiving and then we'll see you in the new year where everybody can start fresh. But yes, no. Oh, I fully, I fully understand. Uh, there was something I was watching on YouTube where they were like, why is it that, 
you know, school has to be seven hours, eight hours long. Why couldn't we provide really high quality instruction in five hours? And I'm like, because parents have to work. That is the issue. We are, we will educate your kids, but we will also keep you from having to pay too much in childcare. So, but anyways, I digress. I wish I had, you know, exciting wrestling news. I know how much you, you love your wrestling news, the weekly wrestling news, but, uh, I got, yeah, all we have to talk about is Maya Lesnar. Oh, I, I sent you the, I tried to just send you the picture. I didn't even want to send you the article. I just wanted to send you the picture and I'm not trying to, I am just, it is remarkable that that is the child, I believe of Brock and Sable and with the exception of the hair, it's just Brock. Like she has, she she rem- looks remarkably like her father. And I wonder, will she, when her collegiate athletic career is over, or when her professional athletic career is over, because she certainly probably could be an Olympian if she chose to be, um, will she try to follow in Dad's footsteps and make her way to the WWE or? whatever wrestling exists at that time broke the shot put record. Yeah. With an 18.5 meter attempt. How far do you think you could throw it? What, what track event do you think you would be the best at? For me, it's definitely the pole vault. I, think I, I was going to say the hot dog eating contest, but <laughs> I'm not sure I would actually place. I just think I would enjoy it the most. How, how much time do they have in the hot dog eating contest? Is it five minutes? Ten minutes? I have no idea. Now I want to know because now I'm trying to figure it out. I can pound a hot dog. How? I imagine that I would. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we found a title for the show. Are you insinuating? <laughs> Uh, there's a double meaning to me saying I can pound a hot dog. I'm writing this one down. This is too good. <laughs> I was writing down limping towards 400, but I think you're right. Uh, they have 10 minutes. So how many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? And I want to, I want to preface it. I think if, if I was doing a hot dog eating contest, I would like to be able to enjoy them. That's, I the- think I would enjoy two or three hot dogs. And that would be it. I don't think I'd really be competing. That's the issue. Like if I was 20, I would have tried it. But see, the problem is they're not enjoying it. You are taking a hot dog. You're dunking it in water to make the bread soggy. And then you are just. I actually think I actually think that should be outlawed. The dunking in water. Yeah. I think you should be allowed to have a glass of water that you drink. Yeah. But you have to drink it. And you also can't drink it. Like with a bite of the dog, you can only drink it as a drink between bog dog bites. I think, because as far as I'm concerned, yeah, lubing something up with water and shoving it down your esophagus, not exactly the most. That's too long of a title, isn't it? <laughs> lubing it up with water. Oh man, <laughs> that's what they're doing. I understand that's what they're doing, and then it's just and- turning into a slip and slide. I was really wanted to talk about track and field. (laughs) 
But well, no, I <laughs> this think is more interesting. I also think they need condiments. Like, like what if? How does the competition change if you? It has to be a Chicago dog with the spork uh, peppers and everything. I love it. Let's do it again. I would, you know, I think I could probably, if I wanted to enjoy it, I could probably eat. Are we talking six inch or like foot long? Six what inch. We okay. Six inch. Let's be average. All right. Um, I I think I could do ten. I think ten I could in ten minutes. One a minute. Do, if they were already pre dressed. Yeah, I'm not you sure have to, I could do that today. I think I could have done it in college, but I'm not sure I could do it today. I think I would hit like I think legitimately. I would hit four or five and my body would shut down. Maybe. Maybe. What about chicken wings? <laughs> um, I think I can still put a number of those away. Yeah. But I, it's definitely not what it used to be, though. No. There's a place where we would go nearby sometimes. And like, I can't even, I should say I can only eat like half of a large order at this point. Whereas I used to put us put away with their their extra large size, you know, in college. So yeah, I mean, I remember dining hall visits where <laughs> the plate disappeared <laughs> under the bones. Oh, yeah, wing bar night. That was, and those were not good wings. No, they were not. But if you got the actually the ones that the, the what they called them original, yeah, so. They had no actual flavoring or dressing or whatever. They were just nice and crispy. Those were fine. Yeah. But I remember ordering from the 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 takeout wing spot that was near, you know, I would get like a pound to a pound and a half of boneless wings regularly and have no issue. Now we'll order six from the local place right down the road from us and they're small and we split them. And sometimes like I'm just not good with fried anymore. The lack of deep fried I eat on a regular basis. Huh? Yeah. But anyways, anyways, I think I would, I don't know about the shot put. I think I I'd like to learn how to throw a discus. I think that'd be fun. Or the hammer throw. Let me see. Hammer throw would be good. Discus, shot put, javelin, hammer throw. Yeah. Decathlon. No. Race walking. None of the running events. And yes, not pole vaulting. I don't think I'd get off the ground. And I don't want to do any of the triple jump or the any of that. I think I'm throwing stuff. I feel like the discus... And the hammer throw would not work out for either of us. Why not? The spinning? Yeah, the spinning. Yeah. I think the hammer throw, you would take out your kneecaps. <laughs> I'd I just practice the spinning and fall down. Yeah. This was too much like Cotton Eye Joe. I think we would have a chance at the javelin. Okay. But I bet you I would injure my elbow. Yeah, the, the the problem is, I think at this age, with, oh, our, yeah. with our bodies as they are, I'm you, doing hurdles. Have you gotten downstairs to the uh, to your gym area? 
What do you mean? I, in a previous episode, or at some point, you had talked about the fact that you wanted to get down and start, whether it was oh. the kettlebells or the whatever. I have not gotten back down there recently, but some new equipment is coming in after some Black Friday deals. Oh, so. What'd you get? Um, I got a what's called a power rack, which is essentially just a big metal cage. It's got four posts. So... The whole point is I want as I've been, I have an Olympic sized weight bar that I've been using, but I've been limiting myself to weights under 100 pounds so that I don't kill myself by mm-hmm. working out alone in the basement of my house. Should I have a slip or a drop or something? You're not letting your wife spot you. No, no, I'm not. And so this is basically to prevent my, that it has safety catches and things like that that you put at the right heights for the different exercises you're doing whether that be a bench press or an overhead press or a squat or, you know, whatever. So that way I can start doing that stuff more safely with higher, higher weights again. Like maybe I used to way back in the day. What, Um, what, what could you bench? I never did free weights. I always did just the machines, which I feel like is a different. Yeah. I used to, in high school, I used to go to the gym very regularly. And so this is obviously high school and very not representative of anything. But I used to be able to like work out three sets of 12 at like 225 pounds on the bench press with free weights. That was good. Yeah, I could do more than my body weight at that time. But now the 100 pounds is a struggle. Like it's a struggle. So I I remember in middle school, there were there was some ancient weight machine thing. And I used to think I was a superhero because I could set the leg press at like (laughs) the top weight, 600, 700 pounds and supposedly do it. I do think I have pretty good lower body strength, but I'm like, that can't have been right. (laughs) (laughs) I could not have been 11, 12 years old leg pressing 700 pounds. A lot of those uh, machines, the way that they put you in there. Like, even though it says 700 pounds, you're not actually lifting the full yeah. weight of it because of leverage. So, like, yeah, I've always preferred free weights. I don't care for the machines as much, but I have the same experience with a one of those yeah. leg press style things. Yeah, for sure. I debated the merits uh, last summer of having a couple of sessions with a trainer just to sort of because I'm like, I, I remember going to the gym. My dad would always like have these phases where he'd sign up to go to the gym and he'd want me to come with him. I'm like, I don't think I'm doing any of these exercises correctly. Mm. And I, like I said, I never did the free weights, but I was like, I'd like somebody to just be like, what would be the good exercises for this body type? Sure. (laughs) You know, and I assume it would be all cardio. Let's try to lose some of the excess weight to reveal the narcissist Lex Luger underneath, but I don't yeah, know. you'd be surprised. To some extent, I mean, absolutely yes, but I bet you they would have you do a healthy amount of weight training as well, because you probably would enjoy it. And by toning up the muscles you use and activating them, it would help mm-hmm. you. It loses the weight also. So yeah. I saw something called a walking treadmill, which I thought was funny, or maybe it was a laying treadmill. It's essentially just the conveyor belt piece without the handles, and it just goes flat on the ground, and it just so you can walk in place. And I was like, that would make sense, like, 
in this space again you know you have something you're watching on television and you because we sell don't some that like are supposed to fit under desks yeah i've even i've even seen like these little things that have like basically their pedals on them they call them like under desk ellipticals yep. but yeah all that stuff's gotta be better than not but yeah, yeah i don't know but we'll see so we'll i treated we'll myself see. to that and can, can i, I ask how much does a how much does a power cage i'm assuming uh, if you got a black friday it was a deal but i'm gonna say seven hundred dollars yeah um the deal that i got had it come about to 600 they sell some for less they do um and i pr- honestly i don't have any like i don't think i'm going to be lifting like what the the weight limit on the rack i got is i could have totally gotten away with the lighter lesser expensive one between the deal and the fact I said, well, if it is just me, better safe than sorry. Yes. Let's get something outsized for what you actually need. And the other part of it was like that some of the differences between them are like the size of the posts. And so this was the one that comes with a post that's three by three, which means it has more compatibility with other manufacturers that make accessories for these things. So this gives me more flexibility for buying other things down the line, not even necessarily from the same company. Okay. Hey, good for you. Yeah. And so I did that. I to go with that. I needed a, a bench because I didn't have a bench that was like appropriate for bench pressing. The bench pressing I've been doing since basically since January, I was doing it on the ground. So like I couldn't do my, my arms beyond my chest. Right. So I wasn't getting that negative push. Um, Everything else I was doing just fine, but the bench press I didn't have a proper elevated surface for. So I got that. And then I also just, I've been looking at um, dumbbells because I we had just like, you know, some light ones. Mm-hmm. Like the missus had a set that was like the heaviest one was like eight pounds. Yeah. And so that's fine, but kind of also ridiculously light for, for me. Um, but I was using them for certain things, uh, certainly. And so I, I was looking at like just getting like a 15 pound, a set of two and like a, then maybe like two, like 20 pounds also just so like I could have something to move up to. But then I was like, ah, oh, the space for that. And yeah, any idea how much those things go for. Like, it's ridiculous. I was looking at spending like over like nearly $100 just for two of them. And I was just like, are you kidding? So instead, I waited again for the Black Friday sales and I got a pair of these adjustable dumbbells. So like they have these weight plates and you can like move the inner handles and they spin and then that that will change how much weight gets pulled up with it. And so I got a pair of those for $75 a piece. So that's going to be great because they go from five pounds to 50 pounds in five pound increments and they don't take up any space other than the space for the, the one stand for each of them, you know? So that's, I think, a good investment. Um, I don't think I'll ever get to 50 pounds, but... I think 15, like I said, is really where I should probably be right now. And I could see someday maybe I'll be doing 25 or 30. So, you know. (laughs) Um, And then the misses, since I was going on a bit of a spree, and we previously had an elliptical down in the basement, but she hates it. Uh, She doesn't like it at all. And I use it. I was using it pretty much religiously, like three times a week. But she doesn't like it. So she decided that she would also take advantage of a Black Friday deal, and she got a treadmill. She likes treadmills. So I assembled that yesterday, maybe? 
Uh, so that's all set now, ready to go down there as well. So it's that whole basement's turning into a regular little personal gym area. There you go. When are you installing the sauna? Oh, man, I'd love to install a sauna. Although, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think maybe I'm going to do a hot tub outside. I think I'm going to do a hot tub. Even the, for the middle of the winter, let's go out just there. So, and, just so you can wave to the neighbors. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I don't know. All right. Hey. I, my parents have a hot tub in their basement that is currently not being used. So if you want a very old and possibly broken hot tub, they'll hook you up. I do not. Thank you, though. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's interesting to start thinking about that kind of stuff, you know. Well, I'm starting to think at some point a house would be a nice idea. And what are the things, you know, with the last time we seriously looked at houses was probably six, eight years ago. You know, and my thoughts have kind of changed on that in terms of what do you need, what do you not need, and but I would like some space to have some sort of machine. Yeah, for so. sure. Well, anytime you want to work out at uh, Jim Manson, you uh, let me know. You've got a free pass, and you oh, can come man. by and check it out. I pick up the five pound dumbbells, and be like, <laughs> yeah. Something tells me you pick up the fifties and be like. Huh, he's pretty light. <laughs> yeah, until I do it twice and my knee falls out. Well, maybe, but I don't know, man. You're a beefcake. Who are you kidding? Oh, uh, you're sweet. I should, I, that's it. You have to wear the beefcake shirt while you're working out. Hell yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, you said we had nothing to talk about. I, and I was proven wrong because now we talk about working out and pounding hot dogs. <laughs> Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We got technically five emails, and I will resist the urge to be a, a jerk face and read both of uh, POVs, considering one of them says, ignore previous email, forgot to add something. So we'll assume it's just the four. Uh, the first one comes from Nate. Thanksgiving again. Good afternoon, gentle people. I really enjoyed Thanksgiving. I liked the story. Gore kills, and the characters were interesting enough to keep me invested. Although it was predictable, just as I do with Scream, I don't try and be smarter than the movie and figure it out early on. I didn't see it coming, and but once the killer was revealed, it was obvious. I'm excited for the sequel. Speaking of Scream, what do you think they should do with Scream 7? Scrap it or make Gale and Kirby the main characters? How big of a slap in the face would it be if Otani went to the Dodgers? I assume I said that correctly. Yep. They don't need more big-time players, and they already have the third-highest payroll anyway. I hope he goes somewhere unexpected. Thoughts, DC. That's all I got. I have a wonderful night. You too. Your bestie, Nate. Are they doing a Thanksgiving sequel? Yeah, I think it got announced like last week. So looks like it's going to happen. I understand that it doesn't make sense. I would love to see a anthology movie in which the, the same villain, like you go through the holidays, almost like, you know, the Batman villain calendar man, but like, you know, so that way you could do a St. Patrick's Day horror movie. And I understand you have Leprechaun and probably many others, but that way you could kind of go through and like see different holidays. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I The only thing I know about Scream 7 is they had, what's her name? Wednesday Adams, who probably has a, a actual name that I'm not aware of. Jenna Ortega. Okay, sure. That sounds right. And then there was somebody else, and the the other person had some 
uh, tweets or social media posting regarding the Israel-Palestine conflict. And then there was an announcement that she had been taken out of the movie. And then the following day, Jenna Ortega 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 posted that she wasn't going to be able to do um, the movie due to you know, commitments, I think, with Wednesday. So, so this is a movie trilogy, really, that started two movies ago, completely built around Melissa Barrera, who is the person who was let go for the Palestinian uh, opinions, tweets, mm-hmm. whatever. And then Jenna Ortega, who was kind of a side character in the first movie. But then, obviously, in the meantime, Wednesday came out and she became a big breakout star. So they really beefed up her role in Scream 6. Um and, you know, she says that she's not going to be in Scream 7 because of the schedule for the next season of Wednesday. Some people speculate it's solidarity with Melissa Barrera. But regardless of the true motivation, um, yeah, basically the two lead characters of a trilogy now will not be appearing in the third movie of the trilogy. Like... <laughs> Really, what they should do, if they're not going to scrap it, what they should honestly do is just recast those two characters with different actors and actresses and finish the story. I think that would be the most satisfying thing to do. Would horror fans revolt and refuse to see the movie? Maybe. So you might be better off scrapping the film entirely. But ah, who can say? I'm sure they've got Bean Counter somewhere running a risk analysis on that and... Or you yeah. do a kickboxer too, and you you know the the killer was able to kill these two characters off screen, like you know kickboxer two. You go from John Claude. It really Dan, wouldn't work because it really is very much about this one character story, ah. wow. and it's just not. Yeah, I mean, I assume like with, unless they recast the character, I don't see how they can possibly complete the story they were telling. It's just interesting that. And again, I don't know. My lack of knowledge goes well beyond Scream to the whole conflict overseas in general to all of this sort of stuff. It seems if this is your main person and you're two thirds of the way done with a story and the issue is some social media tweets in regards to this conflict, like... Uh, Disney's dealing with this with Jonathan Majors and the Avengers. He's supposed to be your new big bad. Let's ignore the fact that it hasn't really gotten off to a good start in terms of just the films. Now he's got all of these domestic abuse allegations and he's in court. And, you know, the talk is, do you recast? Do you just get rid of Kang altogether and move on to a different story? That makes sense. This is, you know, again, as far as I know, just some posts on social media. But again, I, I don't know enough about the the subject. So maybe she was insulting. I don't know. Uh, to go into um, baseball, there is a player named Shohei Otani, Japanese player. And he is a two-way player, Doc Manson. Uh, he plays both sides. He is a pitcher and a hitter. We haven't seen those sorts of players in many, many years. And he is great at both. For a minute, I thought you were going to say he's a pitcher and a catcher. And I was going to be like, at the same time? Left field, Bugs Bugs Bunny. Right field, Bugs Bunny. Second base, Bugs Bunny. Um, And he is a free agent. 
And so all of these teams, you know, this guy is probably going to make conservatively half a billion dollars with this contract. Would you say better or worse than Don Mattingly? Better. Better or worse than Wade Boggs? Better. Better or worse than Daryl Strawberry? (laughs) Running out of baseball players that I know. Hey, I'm impressed you came up with three. Better. Okay. Better or worse than Michael Jordan? As a baseball player? As a baseball player. Way better. All right. This guy checks out. Um, And so the Los Angeles Dodgers are a team that has spent uh, an exorbitant amount of money uh, to buy a bunch of players that they hope will lead for them to, you know, become uh, perennial playoff contenders, World Series contenders. Better or worse than Nolan Ryan? That doesn't one just came to my brain. That's tricky because Nolan Ryan was a very good player. I would say as a pitcher on par with Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan didn't didn't hit. Um, So Otani has been linked to the the potentially the Yankees, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, um, the Blue Jays of all you know, and it's it's just whichever team is going to spend this ridiculous amount of money. Um, I don't think he's going to go to the Dodgers, if only because, uh, you know, he has asked he's a very private person and he has asked that these negotiations and all of these things be done privately. He doesn't want it to be a big media circus. Well, the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, went out and talked about it. Oh, yeah, we just had a meeting with him. It you know, went really well and all. So I would imagine that would be enough to be like, okay, no, never mind. We're not, we're not interested, or I'm not interested. Um, I would like him, of course, to go to the Red Sox. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Dodgers are the third highest payroll. Who are the top two? I'm assuming Yankees is number one because that's what people always complain about. Not as much. Yeah? No, let's see. You might, highest... My baseball touchstone is at least 10 years old. So, yeah, right. Given the players you just mentioned, like 20. Yeah, well, fair enough. Player, highest payrolls in MLB 2023. Uh, the Mets. Well, this is just the 2023 season. The Mets, the Yankees. The list I'm looking at has the Dodgers fifth, but regardless. Um, I would also like him to go someplace unexpected as long as it's not the Toronto Blue Jays because the Red Sox are in the same division as the Toronto Blue Jays. Um I'd, I'd like it to be over. That's my honest opinion, Nate. Uh, this is one of those situations that, you know, once Otani signs somewhere, all of these other dominoes will fall into place because whatever teams don't sign him are like, oh, now we have money we can spend on other players, and I'd like to get the ball moving. So let, let's move on. Whoever signs him, sign him. All right, let's go. Better to or Cobb. worse than Ty Cobb? I have no idea what kind of player Ty Cobb was. (laughs) All right. Uh, We got two emails from Pav. We will ignore the first one as Pav asked us to. So ignore previous email. Forgot to add something. And this one you can't read. So wait, let's, let's go back. Okay. So is that what he forgot to add? Forget was he redacted it. Okay. It says, hi guys. And then he redacted it. So I'm assuming he doesn't want it to read it. So it just said, hi, guys. 
Would you like me to read it? I can. I guess highlight it. Yeah, that'll work. Um, gotta say, Pav, <laughs> not helping. <laughs> I'm really trying here. All right, I'm really trying. This is probably not- just an error. This wasn't intentional. This is probably just. This is probably just a random thing. Hi guys. Probably from last in the, in the intertubes on the way over. Yeah. From last week, just to clarify why I haven't explained my absence, it is exactly the reason Doc stated. In his words, it may unintentionally piss you off given my past and come across self-indulgent like I used to, which is perfectly understandable for you to think. So I just do early 2016 topic-only emails and zero nonsense, says the person who redacted all of this. Well, I am, okay, by redacted, what, what you mean is there is a black background on black text, which has made this difficult to read. Yes. Okay. And as far as I can tell, uh, there is no difference between his initial email and this one except that. But, it's, but let's stay on top. No. I am, though, happy to talk about my growth and development journey 2020 to 2023. If you would like, I'm good. Now, note, I ghosted from in-person Birmingham friendships, too, and not just online. It's also why I lied in last week's email about the TAD method being an Internet popular method, as I didn't want to put over something I created. I like it. I had never heard of it. I don't remember what it is. My it was where is, he had one tab for Nitro and one tab oh, for Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. That is clever. That good. Credit where credit is due, Pav. Take a little. My topic is about a baker's dozen. If you had to That's choose... something a, that we haven't heard on this show in a long time. If you had to choose a dozen for something other than a baker, what would it be? My three are a Christmas dozen because of the 12 days of Christmas. A Brady dozen, because of Tom Brady's infamous 12-number branding. A Brit's dozen, because she is technically a baker after all. Pav. Fun fact, it is illegal to only own one guinea pig in Switzerland. It is considered animal abuse, because they are social beings and get lonely. Are we to assume that every fact is also a lie, then? Like, could that fact about the guinea pig just be a straight-up lie? Because he lied about the tab method? Well, I mean, yeah. Are we to... Do we know? I mean, she, what's a Brit's dozen? Who's, who's Brit? Brit Baker, the wrestling dentist. Oh. <laughs> I missed, the pun went over my head. Oh, boy. Shows how out, shows how out of wrestling touch it's true. you are. Um, if I had to choose a dozen for something other than a baker, the dirty dozen, that's a good one. Right. I'm tempted to go with a clock because it has the 12 numbers, but oceans 12. I do like the night Fox. I will sometimes listen to that music that he plays when he's going through the laser beams. Um, the 12 apostles. <laughs> yeah. The Zodiac that's... dozen. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. The, the monthly dozen. 
I just yeah. named things that come in 12s. That's kind of what this email asked you to do. All right. Fair enough. Uh, a dozen eggs. I understand that's Baker, but you could use them for other things. Um, the dozen labors of Hercules. 12 pack of soda. Yes. A dozen of Cokes. There we go. A dozen pops. I'll take I'll take a dozen dozen sodies. Sodies. Brandon Banks, thank you, Pav, for the email. Um, I'm sorry if we were not supposed to read it because it was redacted, but uh, I think Brandon, we were supposed to read it. Okay, I assume you don't think we're supposed to read it. No, I think we were supposed to read it. I think I'll, I'm going to read Brandon's email. Is it too Is late? It, Hope to get this in under the wire. It's inventory week, so work as hell. Love you all. Sent from my iPhone. I did, send, I did send very last minute a thanks to Nate and Pav for the email. So we got a couple last minute ones because people forgot what day it was. Um, Glenn, Survivor Series. Hi, guys. Sorry I forgot today was Wednesday. Hope, wow, this isn't too late. My little task for your is for you both to pick a traditional five-man Survivor Series team from any fictional characters and argue why your team would win. Thanks, Glenn, period, double N, period. From any fictional characters. Okay. Um, my fur, the captain of my team is God. I was going to choose Jesus. So <laughs> there we go. We got the storyline already. Father versus son. <laughs> It's like Ray and Dom Mysterio. Yeah. Um, I I remember, I feel like last year he had us do a Survivor Series team of Marvel or like of superheroes. Um, when you have God and Jesus, do you need anybody else? Let's see. The Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm going to do five person. Okay. Survivor right. Series team. When you say person, uh, does that include? Well, that you're operating under the presumption that God is male. So, like, I could I could just start choosing, you, are? you know. Well, if you're going with a five-man Survivor Series team. Oh, but you said person. So, I mean, you could you could do a, you could do anything. Alanis Morissette, anyone? Dogma? Yeah, exactly. Uh Let's go right down the list. I'll take I'll take God. I'll take Odin. Um, I don't know if I want Zeus. Maybe I'll take Hera, his wife, because she's vengeful. She holds a grudge. All right. Who else you got? Santa Claus. <laughs> I remember there was a Black Friday when I went to the movies by myself because my wife was out shopping and I went and saw that whatever it was called Rise of the Guardians movie where like Santa and the Tooth Fairy and Jack Frost were characters. It was some animated movie and I'm there. I don't remember watch, that. I'm there watching it by myself eating a Subway sandwich that I brought in a backpack in the middle of this movie theater. I am sure people thought I was crazy. Um, maybe it wasn't. Was it called Rise of the Guardians? Now, I mean, now that I've my brain has had to think about it for a minute, that does sound like the name of a movie, but I have very yes. little recollection of it. 2012, Rise of the Guardians. You've got Santa, 
you've got the Sandman, uh, the Easter Bunny, all of these. You know, this this right this on its own is a pretty good team. Easter Bunny, Sandman, the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus, Jack Frost. It's a pretty good team. But either way, Hugh Jackman doing the voice of the Easter Bunny. So what was it? Was it good? Uh, it had some good moments. All right. This was just, you know, I've got nothing to do in the great north and figured I'd go watch a movie. Do they let a- you bring Subway sandwiches in? Like it was I no, they didn't know I had it. I'd like But they let just, you bring in a backpack. I did have a backpack. This is almost twelve years ago now. So eleven, twelve years ago. So yeah, I was able to bring a backpack i had a notebook i think i remember taking notes because this is pre-podcast so i think i was like maybe i'll start doing movie blogs or something so i brought a notebook i felt very important indeed to be going to see this (laughs) writing down things eating a subway sandwich in a theater that probably had like five other people three of them children I think it was like one family and the like mom kept looking over her shoulder at me sitting in the back with my notebook and my subway sandwich. <laughs> Out of curiosity. Yeah. What kind of subway sandwich? I'm assuming it would be a subway melt. That was my usual go-to. Um, what is the meat on a subway melt? <coughs> ham, turkey, and bacon. That's a good choice. Ham, turkey, bacon. I probably put some spinach on there. Maybe if I was feeling... Usually it was spinach, pickles, mustard. Maybe some red onion. If I was feeling crazy, I would add more vegetables and like put cucumber and things on it. But that was my usual go-to. Would you say that that is the Subway order and you did not really waver from it? If I was feeling that is the order nine times out of ten, or otherwise I'd get a spicy Italian. Well, those are good, too. Yeah. All right. Okay. I haven't been to Subway in a long time. Me neither. I don't miss it, but... No. No. And again, I think Subway and I, you know, there's so many memories in my life that or so many times in my life that when I'm thinking about it, I think of the Hayride and going with Tall Guy um, and buying like two foot long Subway sandwiches to bring with us to eat like as we are do you remember tall guy always telling the guy to put so much mayonnaise on the sandwich you think it will be disgusting and that is how much mayonnaise i want and yes the person behind the counter often would put an amount of mayonnaise on that sandwich that was disgusting Mm -hmm. and the tall guy was like this is this is a good sandwich i hope he had a good birthday I hope so too. Remember that time on the uh, we were going to the hayride. We stopped at a subway, and the arsonist I think was in Tall Guy's <laughs> did we, car. Did and, we leave him? Oh, subway. you left him at subway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the arsonist remembers, and he holds I grudges. Would, I, <laughs> I would think so. Maybe he should be on the team. He tried uh, to blame me once. There was it was not that long ago. He had the memory that I was the one who left him, and I had to correct him. He was not in my car. I never would have left you, Arsacist. You're that important to me. 
Thank you to Nate and Pav and Banks and Glenn for your emails. Doc, it's been a rough week, but there must be something. Yeah. What do you got for a piece of positivity that's getting you through uh, this week? Last weekend was opening weekend for Godzilla Minus One in American theaters, and I went to go yes, see indeed. it. How was it? It was excellent. I saw it made, it didn't make a ton, but it made $11 like a, million. Dollars. Which is a lot for a Godzilla movie. It's a lot for a Godzilla movie, and I think it's also one of like the largest opening weekend foreign films pretty much ever. So, like... Good. Yeah, it did pretty well. They're, t- they're extending the theatrical run as a result of the success, and... Hey. And here's the thing, like it made just that one weekend $11 million in the United States and it's done gangbusters, you know, in Japan. The thing that's amazing about it is like if you were to watch this movie, don't get me wrong, it, there there are some effects and some things that you look at and you go, okay, that's not, that's not Disney necessarily quality. Of course, I'm thinking back to like, you know, Endgame back when Disney did good CGI, not the current Disney stuff that everybody likes to complain about, right? Um, but like, again, the budgets on these Marvel movies, $200 million, pretty much, you know, somewhere between 150, $200 million. This Godzilla movie was made for $15 million. Wow. Like people spend less money on horror movies. I think five nights at Freddy's Bloomhouse. I think they spent, I think $30 million on that movie. Like this movie looks like a million bucks. It looks fantastic. Not just for the budget. It looks on par with something I think you could expect to get from American cinemas. I think it literally is that. The effects are excellent. Um, and I love me. I love me Godzilla. I love me Godzilla as a bad guy, which is what this film is. It's essentially a remake of the very first Godzilla film. But they've updated it, I think, more for the sensibilities of a modern audience. They've updated some of the science and things to things that make more sense. But at the same time, very respectful to the old. They're taking a lot of things from the original film. They're still using the original, some of the original score in places, which is used to great effect. They are using some of the exact same imagery. Like there are like these scenes of like devastated Tokyo in the original film, just like these shots of minute, they're miniatures, you know, of like, you know, telephone pulls over and rubble of buildings that they recreated in this new film. Like, you can be, that's that shot. You know what I mean? Like, the first appearance of Godzilla in the original film takes place on Odo Island. And like, that's also where he makes his first appearance in this film. So like, there's these continuity things that are really well done. But at the same time, they're telling a completely new story. It's not the same story as the 1954 film. And it's actually really well done. Like, it's actually an affecting emotional ride. Mrs. Manson and myself, I will, I will, myself, I'm a big softie. This comes as no surprise to anybody. But even Mrs. Manson shed a tear or two in the film. Um, wow. The, 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 oh, the, uh, the human story is actually affecting and excellent, which is, I've long said, the, the, what a good monster movie needs and what the, American Godzilla movies have always gotten wrong and have gotten increasingly wrong over the course of the trilogy that's been out here with Godzilla, Godzilla King of Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong. And now, of course, they've announced Godzilla versus Kong new 
Empire, a fourth film. And there's this Apple TV show now called Monarch Legacy of Monsters or something. Legacy of Titans. I don't know. I forget what it's exactly called. And like that, that Apple TV show is out. And I did watch the trailer for this, this or teaser for the, the other, the new Godzilla Kong movie. I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the American Godzilla movies. They're just bad. They're bad. They're stupid and they're bad. And I don't need to see them anymore. And that's amazing coming from a lifelong Godzilla fan. But I think I'm done with them, especially if Japan will continue to make films like this that are actually excellent and like affecting moving pictures about a giant monster here in 2023. Like it's amazing that they can pull that off and have it be good. But they did. It's probably, I honestly think it's probably, I, the original holds a special place in my heart. But I think I can say without a doubt, this is the best Godzilla movie. Out of all 35 wow. of them, this is the best one. It's excellent. This is the one that Sup- someone should watch. Supremely high praise. Absolutely. Um, and like they did certain things in this film that I really liked. If I had one complaint, if I had one complaint, it's a two hour, I think, and five minute long movie. If I had one complaint, it's that they needed one more scene of Godzilla making landfall and wreaking destruction throughout some part of Japan. They do have this extensive sequence of him at sea. They have a one of him destroying parts of uh, Ginza near Tokyo, and then they have like the the end sequence. But they needed one more scene of city destruction. I think in that runtime then that would have made it like chef's kiss untouchable. But again, that would have been probably taking away from the actual human element or whatever. But that's what I would have liked to have seen that. Now, the thing I will say, Godzilla is ostensibly a sea monster, right? That's the legend. He's a sea monster originally. But you never actually see him in any of the old movies in the ocean. And this was something that the American films did try to do with one of the more recent films. They had like an extensive sort of CGI sequence of Godzilla underwater doing some stuff. And I Mm -hmm. liked that at the time. Um, And so in this movie, yeah, he spends a lot of time in the ocean. And there's an extensive sequence where like he is like out of the water. His spines are above the water and like his head is just above the water so he can see. And like he's chasing boats and things. And, like, it's almost cute. Like, I had a moment where I was looking at him, and I was like, that's a little puppy dog. That's a little puppy dog swimming in the ocean. Look at that. It's so cute. But he's just, like, got this malice, and he's going after this boat like he's going to destroy him. And, like, to see him actually in that sea monster mode is something that you don't really get to see in the films. And so as a longtime fan, I really appreciated those sequences. And I think I mentioned this from the trailer and the teasers, but, like, what we did get of him with that, that, that scene of city destruction was excellent. Um, they did not shy away from, from anything. Like there was plenty of human casualties, um, collateral damage, buildings falling on people, him just stepping on people. Like you never see any of that in giant monster films. One of the complaints I keep having, I don't, I don't know if I said it to you, I think we did because we talked about the Ghostbusters like teaser, right? How you have these giant icicles coming up and ostensibly that's the threat that you're seeing there. But you'll note that in that trailer, nobody gets impaled. Nobody gets hurt. There's not a single drop of blood despite these razor sharp icicles coming up out of the ground 
everywhere, right? Like, I, that's just too sanitized for me. And so the fact that they finally have a Godzilla movie where they're showing that level of street destruction and the and the cost of human life is something that as, you know, a fan of the horror of Godzilla, I've always wanted to see on celluloid, not because it's a happy thing, but because I think it actually conveys the appropriate, um, the, the, appropriate, the appropriate danger and chaos and, you know, like of, of that actual situation. Like he walks down the street and the infrastructure collapses underneath him and the sure. asphalt pops up and you see bodies go flying from that happening. You know, like it's, it's just really well done. And the other thing that a lot of people might miss here and they got away from, right? Because always it's Godzilla getting bigger, 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 bigger. The fact that this is taking place right after World War II means all the buildings are small again, which means Godzilla can be small again and still seem huge. But what that allows, and which we haven't seen, I would say, since Godzilla 1984, this is a Godzilla that is on the scale that he does, that he sees human beings and he can see them and target them. They're not just ants to him. You know what I mean? So he actually goes after them. Like you see him eat people. You've never seen that in a Godzilla film, I don't think, before. Like he grabs a train and he's like flinging stuff and like he's he's focused on individuals. Like I just, all that comes together in a really cohesive way that puts together a really scary monster that I think realizes the potential of Godzilla in a way that I have been longing for for many, many years. So, chef's kiss. Again, I think there was maybe like very like one part with one of the human things where I was like, come on, come on. But even that was forgivable. You know what I mean? It was just like this guy was trying to find his, not wife, but this woman that he cares for. And he he knows she's in the city. And so there's a sequence of her like trying to get out of the city. And then he's just like suddenly there, like she's going down the street dazed and he just finds her. You know what I mean? They probably need to have some establishing shots of him running through the city and going from block to block and maybe going to the train station and calling her name. It was just like suddenly he found her. That was kind of too convenient. But again, I think that just that's that's a minor that's a minor quibble, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, just really well thought out and actually an affecting emotional story. You have to allow yourself to get into it. The thing I was surprised about, because I, I did not go opening night. I went on a Sunday matinee. We were not the only people in the theater, okay. which is like I go to see all these Japanese Godzilla movies in the theater. And that's usually the case. Usually it's like one night only one show. And like maybe I'm one of like five people there. This was an IMAX screen with the place half full, at least on a Sunday matinee. There were people as old, older than my older than our parents there. There were people younger. There were little kids there with their parents. Like it seemed to actually draw in a diverse crowd. There were plenty of geeks and antisocial types like myself, like people clearly way into the Godzilla. And there were just normies there as well, which you don't normally see at these things. And I was really happy to see it. Maybe, maybe the American Godzilla movies are to thank for that. Maybe that did get Godzilla popular enough that that encouraged people to check this one out. I don't know. But 
I hope they enjoyed it. I hope they knew what they were signing up for watching an over two hour long movie with subtitles telling an emotional story about a cowardly kamikaze pilot who refused his last mission because he didn't want to die and instead having to now face this, you know, face the societal shun of that on top of now this giant monster and you know, like telling an actual affecting human story alongside the monster action. I hope that they enjoyed it. I sure did. I sure did. Do you feel like the movie would have been made better with Millie Bobby Brown? No. No, I do okay. not. No, I do not. Okay. Yeah. Would it have been better with... David Harbour? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. With, you know, Godzilla being able to travel through essentially tunnels... Mm, um, into the hollow the earth. earth. Yeah. Into the hollow earth. You know, I think that probably could have helped. I think so. Okay. Yeah. What's your ideal height for Godzilla? Like, how tall is... It's hard to say. Because like supposed to be. I'm trying... Because even, like, the 1954 Godzilla, is he, like, 50 feet tall or is it 50 meters? I think it's 50 feet, right? Um, it's been a while since I've looked at this. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so original is maybe like 50 meters or so, I guess. 150 feet. Okay, yeah, that tracks, I think. Is that right? Where is this? Yeah, 50 meters. And then my favorite Godzilla probably is still Shin Godzilla, which was 120 meters. So twice as big as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's one of the larger ones. Shin Godzilla is almost as large as Legendary Godzilla, Legendary Godzilla is um, the one from the American movies, the current ones. The name of the production company is Legendary Pictures, which is why he's called that. Um, And then there's an anime one who's even way more larger than that, but that doesn't really count. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I I think the smaller ones are better for actually putting him on the level with humans. Um, But Shin Godzilla was a beast in and of itself, and I really liked the idea of that Godzilla. And actually... That's really the thing about uh, Shin Godzilla, which was the 2016 one in this one, is they both updated Godzilla for a more uh, modern audience, but they chose to update different things, right? In Shin Godzilla, they updated the origin of Godzilla. Instead of him being this mutated dinosaur, he was basically like, he was some sort of mutated, I assume originally microorganism that started absorbing the DNA of life around him. So he started off as like this sea amoeba and he basically absorbs the DNA and starts mutating into these larger and larger forms, which is why he turns into the thing that he does. And even at the end of that film, you see like these human sized creatures like sloughing off of his skin before they stop him. Cause he's the assumption is he's now assimilated human DNA through the rampage. Right. So like, I think that's a really smart update of the origin because we know that radiating an animal just kills it. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's a cool use of modern science to plausibly explain the existence of a giant monster, at least as plausible as that gets, right? But using our modern window of science to justify it. Um, this movie abandons that, and this is just a mutated dinosaur, right? Um, from the atomic bomb, but they update the human element. They update the effects. They update the 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 present the presentation of the violence to a, something that's more palatable to a modern audience and makes it a more 
digestible film. And even like Shin Godzilla, instead of being an allegory for the nuclear bomb, which he very much is again in this film, Shin Godzilla, I think a lot of people who watch that movie, I love that movie. I love that movie. I love that Godzilla because unlike this one, which is more animal and human and like whatever, like that Shin Godzilla, he he's just like, like how do I say Jason is just like anger? Like I just, mm-hmm. I think Shin Godzilla is pain. Like it seems to me like his entire existence is pain. And th- that's why he's doing what he's doing in that movie is just because he is, He's just this throbbing mass of pain and he doesn't he doesn't even understand why he exists. You know what I mean? And I think that's a really interesting play on Godzilla as well, which I really appreciated. And then in terms of the allegory, which I was talking about before, Shin Godzilla is an allegory for the Fukushima disaster. I think people who see that movie say, why are we looking at all of these rooms full of people in suits? That's the thing in that movie. There's constant like boardroom meetings of people talking about stuff and not accomplishing anything. And that's the reason why it plays much better to a Japanese audience. It's a it's a political satire. Shin Godzilla is about how you can't how they people could not trust the government to tell them the truth or to do anything effectual to protect them against the radiation leak at Fukushima. Like that's what that movie is about and doesn't really play to an American audience the way that, you know, I think the nuclear bomb plays to us. So I think people missed it. But like to me, that really worked and was a really smart update as well. Setting this one at World War II is actually kind of, at first glance, kind of disappointing in some ways that you set back the clock like that. But again, for the movie they decided to tell, the fact that it's really a remake, and a remake that's better maybe as an introduction for a modern audience. Again, Chef's Kiss. I think it was really, really excellent. Do you think this is the start of redoing the series? I don't know. Because this whole, because Godzilla Head goes through um, eras, right? Originally, there was the Shawa era, which was 54 to 79. Then there was the Heisei era through the 90s. Then there was the Millennium era. And now this new era is only really seen two movies from the Japanese side of things, Shin Godzilla and this one. They haven't done any sequels in this era. At the moment, it appears that this era is standalone films, individual filmmakers doing their own interpretations, but it's only two data points, so I don't really know what their intention is. Given the amount of money this movie has made, I wouldn't blame them if they decide to make a direct sequel, although I don't know I don't know that it'll, that it'll work twice in a row. You know what I mean? I'm not sure they can just put in, do another sequel and set it in 1954 or 1955 or whatever and have it work. You know, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'll see it, but I don't know. I I would almost rather see them bring in again, another filmmaker, put his own unique spin on it and see where that goes. But I guess that's probably riskier. I don't know. Final, final question. At what point do you and Mrs. Manson just say, forget about it and move to Japan? Yesterday. The, the, the soups, the cuisine, I think I would really, 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 really like Japan. I really do. The anime, the manga, the Godzilla, just. Yeah. I need to learn Japanese. There you go. Get some Duolingo. How about you, DC? What's your piece of positivity? How does it compare to a gigantic Godzilla? Minus one. We, We did not go and see uh 
a movie. Um, I think we're going to totally just skip the Marvels and wait for it to eventually come out on the Disney Plus. Um, and then I, I honestly don't even know if then we'll watch it. I will go small. You're going to go big. I will go small. You're going to pound that hot dog, huh? It is the season of the Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah, okay. Um, not something I grew up on. No. This, uh, but my, my wife is a fan. I have become a fan. We have our own orange essence. That So on the off chance that what I feel like making our own chocolate orange, at least candy, we can do so. Um, but I just bought a couple more just to get us through the holiday season. Uh, quite a delightful treat. It's it's that to me, you know, it has started to become one of those seasonal things like your sort of ginger snap cookie, like the, you know, that is the, uh, the peppermint bark. It sort of is a December treat. So I, I will be excited for that. There's not a ton of, you know, supremely positive things right now, but that chocolate orange, I'm going to get myself another piece uh when this is over so all right i also think i also think uh this last week uh the finale of the british baking show uh has broken us and i don't i think we might be done so you're saying i shouldn't track this season down and watch it um it has some good elements there are some good characters uh, but I will say that the ending was very, the, the ending of this season proved to me what you, I think, knew years ago. Um, the winner is not the best baker. No, never. Well, the winner is, never, but. the winner is who will be the most marketable, who can we get the most money out of sending off to go do, you know, who is the most charismatic. Um, and again, no, no shade meant to the winner, but you were not the best baker uh, in that tent by far. So uh was disappointing. I feel but. like that's been my summation of at least the last three seasons of that show. I, I, I might have enjoyed on, some of the week to week stuff, but yeah. ultimately disappointed. I was in on Giuseppe. I was very happy when Giuseppe won. Um, and the last two seasons, I've it, it hasn't grabbed me in the way that the older seasons did. Yeah. And I don't know if that is me or that is just there's only so many times you can watch them. That might be it, right? At some point, the, the formula wears out yeah that's i i feel like you know and this is such an american concept but i feel like they need to do an all-star show and not just the holiday bakes like you need to have finalists and do a season like you're crowning the ultimate baker which again very american concept um yeah i i also think the people who have the show has existed for so long that there is now a culture of social media bakers. I don't think, Ra and maybe I'm wrong, I don't think Raul was on Instagram showing off his bakes before the bake-off. 
Less so anyways. Like these were really amateur bakers. This is not. Sandro last year was not no, he an was amateur. Not. No, not at all. So I feel like we were getting a different group of people. Agreed. It's more polished. Okay. And I think that um, takes away. So, yeah. 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 Well, I hope what you've taken away from this episode, um, you've forgotten all about any supposed audio issues that may have happened. And what you're thinking of is how many hot dogs can you eat? That's what. How many hot dogs many, can you pound? Can you pound? That's it. Doc Manson, get us out of here. Uh, if you'd like to have your thoughts run in the air, send us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you like what you heard and how could you, you're a horrible person. Head over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. Give a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on. Keeps this podcast train chugging along. I, I always assume we have thousands of dollars in the coffers. Just thousands. I... I haven't logged in in a long time. Okay. Can we retire? Or is it, no. Is it retirement? All right. No. That was a nice idea. No. He, he is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, have yourselves an excellent week. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? <laughs>